Hey guys, welcome to episode 17 of Unethical Podcast. But your nards though. Our guest host for this episode is Jenna McEwen Kopic, and today we're going to be discussing the substance induced psychosis of David Crespi. Welcome to Unethical Podcast. apologize for this one in advance you guys i know we're trying to steer away from kids jean Bonnet was a bit of an exception because she's part of you know the cult classic mysteries like jack the ripper and the zodiac but this one has to do with kids right so but i'm gonna try to steer the conversation towards the important topic of the episode which is substance-induced psychosis oh i know all about and that and it's not the fun one. Oh. Never mind. It's not the fun one. It's not the bath salts eating faces one. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no. no. No salvia. Not today. All right. Well. No. That stuff's wild. <laughs> I guess it's okay. If there's no face eating. I guess we'll be okay. We've we've had cannibalism. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> to start with, I want to talk a little bit about depression. When you think of depression. What, either from your experience, if you personally have experienced it, or what you think other people experience, what do you think depression is? Yes. Wants to go first. That was like the only answer that was not correct. (laughs) (laughs) Inability to get out of bed. The pits. Yeah, it's an ongoing feeling of deep deep sadness and nothingness really impending doom sometimes even dread i learned the other day that um if you get a blood transfusion of the wrong blood the only symptom that you will experience is a feeling of impending doom yep isn't that freaky that is freaky. We have to watch out when we give people blood transfusions on the ward. That's one of the things we have to look out for. If all of a sudden someone go, someone is like, "Oh God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die." We know to stop the blood straight away. Isn't that terrifying? Yeah, so scary. <laughs> can you can you actually die from that, or is that legit the only thing that happens? Yeah, because it's your because it's your body having a rea- a, a anaphylactic reaction. Yeah, there's even okay. like blood types that aren't like they can't reproduce. I mean, they can, but like it's catastrophic usually. Like just the DNA is mixing. I don't know what I don't know what they are, but I've heard you know like a lot of people should go get their blood tests before they or blood type. Sorry, they should get their blood type <laughs> before they reproduce, so that yeah. you don't end up with that catastrophic event. Okay, sorry to go totally off track there. I just, I read that and I was like, that's the freakiest thing I've ever heard. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, any more um, impressions on depression? It sucks. I've been told that I experience it, but I've never been like, like I've never been like, okay, I want to go get medication for that because I feel like it's 
there's levels of it. And if you can talk through it and understand where your sadness is coming from, then maybe you can help it at the most. Mm-hmm. Like that's the most that I've done for my depression. And yep. that definitely helps. Mm-hmm. For sure. Medication is not right for everyone. I personally, I do take medication for it and it's awesome, but you know, either way is good. Whatever you're yeah. doing, you're doing the right thing. I'm not against medication I've just never been I've always been told that I can use the like breathe to 10 and like count to 10 and like use your surroundings and that definitely helps but I can totally see where there's definitely been moments where I've not been able to ground myself and I've thought hey maybe it's time to actually go and see somebody about this so I'm not against it I don't think I've ever been pushed to that though okay so In order to be diagnosed with depression, according to the DSM-5, you have to experience one of two main criteria. So one is the presence of negative emotions, whether that's sadness or self-hatred or just like a feeling of being like angry with other people. Uh, And the second one is called um, anhedonia, which is a loss of interest in things that you once found enjoyable. So after those one, after one of those two criteria are met, the secondary symptoms are considered and the secondary symptoms are as follows. Sleep related symptoms, including difficulty falling asleep, difficulty staying asleep and sleeping more than is necessary. Changes in weight or appetite, difficulty concentrating, fatigue, changes in perception, including feeling like you're thinking very slowly or that you're thinking too fast to keep up general low feelings, uh, a feeling of unfounded guilt or worthlessness, and suicidal thoughts or ideation. That is according to the DSM-5. And I bring this up because the perpetrator of today's crimes blames his antidepressant medication for his actions, as does his wife. But the most important thing to go in with, I think, is the knowledge that this man, David Crespi, was much, much more than depressed. Uh, what's the difference between thoughts and ideation? Isn't that the same thing? Suicidal thoughts means like you think about it, you consider it, you um, you think about like, for example, what you're like, like what, what uh, you could avoid by doing it. Suicidal ideation is the feeling of like, if I commit suicide, people will love me because I'm gone. And things will be better without me. It's like thinking of suicide as a positive instead of as a way okay. out. So um, the story begins, I guess, 20 years before it begins. David Crespi suffered from depression for much of his life and in fact had two previous suicide attempts. I wrote precious suicide attempts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your fingers, eh? Freudian slip of the fingers. Uh, <laughs> precious. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So experiences where he strongly considered it. And one of those was he locked himself in the garage with the car running. And another one was he hung from the side of a bridge and considered letting go. But both of those times he stopped on his own free will. So his depression was especially severe when he was diagnosed with testicular cancer. And he had been seeing a therapist on and off for years. But what David wasn't telling his therapist was that his thoughts were often drawn towards hurting himself, but also towards hurting others. 
He contemplated using his car to run down strangers on the street and murdering his family with shocking regularity. And he kept all of those thoughts to himself for far too long. So on January 20th, 2006, David was at home with his wife and his twin five-year-old daughters. David was on leave from work because of his depression and the girls were both home with colds. So he spoke to his mom on the phone around 11.30 a.m. And she had just called to check in on him. How you doing? I know you're depressed. This was a regular thing in his life. And then around 12.15 a.m., his wife, Kim, left so that she could get a haircut. 22 minutes later, David called 911. After Kim had left, the girls had asked their father to play hide-and-seek with them. Once he found his first daughter, Samantha, He took her to the kitchen and he stabbed her 18 times. His other daughter heard the commotion and came to investigate. And when she saw what was happening, she ran upstairs to hide. And he found her hiding in the closet in the master bathroom where he stabbed her 14 times. Both girls were dead before he had made the phone call. And he said that he had considered committing suicide at this point, but instead he washed his hands, changed his clothes, and dialed 911. And so if you consider all the time that it, ta- it took to wash up, to change, you know, it was basically immediately after Kim left. So he had decided to do this already. There was no thoughts here. Mm-hmm. So the police found him waiting on the porch outside his home. I was just going to say, it's interesting how his depression waited till his wife <laughs> left to do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's a little interesting. And it, just to knock it off somewhere at the beginning here. Yeah. Ugh. So the police officers that were involved in this case were horrified by what they witnessed that day. And it stays with them. One of the police officers who arrived on the scene was feverishly trying to save one of the girls because he was certain he could feel a pulse. But he was told later that she was long gone before he got there. And what he could feel was his own heart pounding. Yeah, don't use your thumb to check pulses. Heartbeats in your thumb, but not these two fingers. Yeah, and if your heart's pounding super hard doing that because you're freaked out and stuff, you're going to trick your your mind plays tricks on you in a lot of ways, right? Especially if you just yeah. really want that little girl to be alive, you're gonna, my heartbeat's pounding. I felt it in my fingers for sure. There's yeah. a pulse, get her an ambulance. For sure. And he was a 26 year veteran. And so he'd yeah. felt lots of pulses. He's, this this case yeah. in particular was just a brand new experience for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, many of sense. the police officers and crime scene investigators broke down in tears during the trial. So- So once David was taken into custody, he told the police that he had been suffering from depression and that during his depressive episodes, he would have thoughts of murdering his family because of the financial strain of raising children. So he said in this interview that he had started carrying a butcher knife with him when he was with his daughters, when they were only toddlers, he was just always ready to kill them should the mood strike. Is this okay? So he said that after they he was arrested and stuff like that. Yeah, he said this in the interrogation. Oh my god! And despite the fact that he was walking around with a butcher knife in his pants, his wife had absolutely no idea about any of this. So I think it's probably safe to say he wasn't getting any. I feel like you would notice. <laughs> yeah, you would. You would assume so. Was he actually, or is this a way to like talk about? Hey, I was really all the time going to do this. Like, I'm sorry, I'm a little suspicious of that. Like, it's a Okay, maybe, maybe you did. 
but I feel like you probably didn't. That's just my feeling. I feel like on unethical, we just kind of if the man if if the character is the perpetrator, we just don't trust anything he says. That is just kind of the unethical way. I feel like that's like <laughs> the the way we should like. Yeah. I don't know if you're in a lot of trouble, you're gonna try and say whatever you can to get out of trouble. It's just human nature, right? It's not so to to back your story up of like I was really uh depressed all the time I carried around a knife I was gonna do it all the time maybe I, I just doesn't yeah, add it's up. weird that you'd carry around a knife it really That's doesn't weird. he handed himself over to the police he knew that he was gonna be going to prison there's no reason to lie about anything at this point uh he also told the investigators in the interrogation that the reason that he had stabbed his daughter so many times was so that it would be over sooner for them and that he stabbed them because his actual quote was that he didn't want to take care of them anymore. Just leave then. Yes, yeah. agreed. Put Just fucking sh- leave. Put your shit away and go leave. Walk out the door, man. Like, it, I can go seek and just hide. They want to play I can go seek? Yeah. Hide. Make them can't find you. Like, wait for them to hide and then just <laughs> hide for a pack of smoke. Never like, return. What a piece of shit. Yes. So in July of 2006, David pled guilty to the first degree murder charges for both of the daughters, and he accepted two life sentences in prison in order to avoid the death penalty at trial. And it's ironic because he claimed he had all those thoughts of killing himself and the death penalty shouldn't scare him. Safe to say he's not a philosophical man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, dude. Just hop on the morphine train into the white light. The government's paying for it. You're not leaving a mess. Just fucking go, dude. Yeah. yeah. Trying to make it quick for them and stab them 14 times. That's not quick for the, anyways, this guy. I, no, that's mm, not yeah. quick at all. It's no. not like, even though they're tiny, it's still not, it's not easy to stab a person. Yeah, it's definitely crime of passion. Especially your kids, especially like kids, especially your kids. Like, oh my God, I can't. But I think that he said exactly what it is. He didn't want to take care of him yeah. anymore. Uh, the reason that he actually accepted this plea deal as it turns out, was not because he didn't want the death penalty. The reason that he accepted it was because his wife urged him to. In what I consider to be the most insane thing I have ever heard in my life, she didn't want to lose her husband. Kim firmly believes that David is innocent. What? What? She believes that he murdered the girls because he had a psychotic reaction to medications he was given for depression. How long was he on this medication for? Didn't he say he'd carry around a knife all the time? Like, it's got to be one or the other. Yeah. So in the past, David had been living on a cocktail of Paxil for depression. Uh, That's paroxetine. Um, Trazodone for anxiety. And Ambien, as well as Lunesta for insomnia but he had gained more than 50 pounds recently on the Paxil and his doctor seven days before the incident had switched him over to Prozac and that's fluoxetine I was gonna sing one of those Prozac songs but it's inappropriate (laughs) (laughs) that's the number one reason I don't take medication for my depression a little sexual frustration Oh, no. no, I had metabolic symptoms. So I had metabolic side effects and I gained 30 pounds from uh, Prozac. And when you gain weight, like that shit just makes everything harder. You know what I mean? Like my body, you know, body image and 
self-esteem everything just went down the fucking garbage and I'm like man I was just feeling better yeah. <laughs> and this was like a full year ago we talked about that in Vince Lee too remember he said his medication mm. made him gain weight and that was like the main mm. thing he complained mm. about yeah so either you can be skinny or you can be sane <laughs> poison. yeah well I, I mean seven days is a short period of time for titration right he could have easily switched to something else but then this fucking thing happened well, that type of medication, you're supposed to, it's not, you can't stop that medication. Like, it's not like just taking paracetamol or anything. You have to slow, like if you're on 100 milligrams a day, you have to go down to 75 and then 50 and then you have to work your way off. Like every and other then, day. Yeah, and yep. then build it back up. So if he just stopped one medication and started taking another, then... I mean, there's a likelihood that he would have had a reaction, but the fact that he had so he's been doing all this stuff to build up to actually doing it. I, I don't, I don't think he can, he can say that the medication, he reacted to the medication, not with all this stuff that he was doing in the previously. Like if he didn't need, yeah. if he didn't have all this stuff going on before and it was just, a spur of the moment thing then maybe I could believe that there was a you know something happened with the medication but the fact that he's carrying around a fucking butcher's knife while he takes his daughters to the park is like sorry mate and the minute his wife leaves the house is when shit what's the point of therapy if you're not even going to talk about the stuff you need to talk about therapy and that's a hard part about I think that's probably the hardest part about therapy is actually being honest with everyone and yourself right uh Mm -hmm. so who knows maybe eventually he would have gotten to that point of saying like I wanted but I mean yeah and because I haven't found a medication that works for me the only thing right now that I'm doing is talk therapy that's the only thing I'm doing right now so like without that I would you know I probably wouldn't even be able to settle my anxiety enough to come hang out with you guys you know what I mean yeah and with an improper diagnosis who knows what you're doing to their brain chemistry by putting them on something that isn't intended to treat what they actually have absolutely yep it's so hard it's so hard to think about things from the other side at this point because it just seems like all this fucking guy's fault and we'll get there Mm -hmm. so yeah kim believed that it was his switch to prozac that triggered the episode of psychosis in addition to the addition of lunesta for sleep um insomnia only two years before this incident in 2004 Dr. David Healy released a paper warning that evidence of SSRIs being linked to fits of homicidal ideation were being ignored. So you know how like all those antidepressant commercials are like feeling sad? Take this pill. Warning. May make you way fucking sadder. (laughs) Well, apparently (laughs) they should also say warning may make you want to kill everyone you hate and actually kill everyone you love. I bet you they do. In some of those commercials, they go like, this makes you great. And then the side effects include it. And then it's like the whole page. You have to like, if you pause it, you can probably take 20 minutes to read them all. But I bet you it has it in there. I bet you they would have. Yeah. But side effects are like worst case scenarios. I think, you know, probably rarely happen. I don't know. I could be wrong. Cover in their butt. Yeah. Well, you get get all the, the normal ones like, you know, headache stomach ache whatever but then they they have to regardless of how small the possibility of it happening they must put it on there like even if it's like anal bleeding yeah even if it's like (laughs) 
may cause anal leakage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if only, oh, if only that was all he had was some anal leakage. Mm. Yeah, fuck. Hey, you never thought you'd wish for anal leakage, hey? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't he just have anal leakage? <laughs> but then he would complain about not being able to afford the to- afford the toilet paper. Yeah. Oh Seems my god! Too busy look, paying or spending all these. Now money. I have to stab the fucking toilet paper makers. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Maybe his toilet paper budget had gone way up because of the anal leakage in combination with his daughters being potty trained. Maybe he's just—it was just costing him too much fucking money. And he's like, "Well, my oh. anus is not going to stop leaking. I got to get rid of two anuses. It ain't going to be mine." <laughs> Anywho, I digress. So in court, David's lawyers argued that not only were the drugs that he was on inefficient to actually treat what was wrong with him, but they were harmful to his brain chemistry. Once he was evaluated by a forensic psychiatrist, David was diagnosed with psychotic depression and bipolar disorder. Tally, you you talked about, uh, I think it was maybe last episode or last week's episode, you were talking about how like there's two different kinds of bipolar disorder, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so there's like the low lows, but then the extreme highs. Yep. And that would be bipolar one for extreme highs and extreme lows. And then uh, I'm diagnosed with bi- bipolar two, which is like my highs are just normal. You know, it's how I would normally function. But my lows are super low, like can't get out of bed. Don't have any interest in doing shit. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to me. You know, I want all the lights off. Yeah. Yeah. I read an interesting case study when I was in university about a man who had bipolar uh, two and this man's highs were so high that there was an incident that finally ended up having him um, institutionalized. Yes. Thank you. Institutionalized because during one of his highs, he bought an office space for his business with no regard to the financial implications he invited his daughter and her husband over to see it and he was really excited about it and he had he was so fucking like high that he ended up hitting on his daughter he was making passes at her the entire time he was showing her this office space wow and so this guy's got the bipolar disorder where he's experiencing these insane emotional highs but his lows then changed into psychotic depression yeah okay what sorry what is psychotic depression i don't understand that you said that twice now (laughs) say it more times (laughs) i i no i just i need uh just a clarification on that because it sounds what do you just can't even get out of bed that's the psychotic part like it's so bad it's so Okay, so basically, no, no, you're wrong. No, shut up. Just shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So, essentially, a psychotic presentation of any sort of mental illness means that it can trigger psychosis. And so, schizophrenia itself is not psychotic. Vince Lee had psychotic schizophrenia. Okay, understood. Carry on. (laughs) I (laughs) shall. So it also came out in court that David's statements about being worried about money were entirely unfounded. Okay. Yes. He and his wife had five children. One of those children was a grown adult in general, not a huge financial strain. He was in remission from the testicular cancer and had no reason to believe that he would soon be expiring. 
And even if he hadn't, if he, even if he still was sick and potentially was facing down dying in the very near future, David was a banker. In fact, he was senior vice president of the Wachovia Bank in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. He earned six figures a year. He was in no danger of losing his job. And he was coming into the largest bonus he had ever received in his career. But your nards, though. I think you're discounting how much your nards are important to a man. But your nards, man. <laughs> nards are an important piece of a man, okay? Uh, and I don't care how much money you have in the world. Uh, if you're going to lose your nards as a man, you're probably not impressed about it. I don't care what kind of bonus you have. It probably puts you in depression. <laughs> if I was, if I had any type of threat to my nards right now, I've said nards way too many times. Uh, testicles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel like that would <laughs> that would affect my depression level for sure. So it's in remission, but man, that was the first place. But what does your nards have to do with you being able to take care of your kids? No, I know. I'm just saying it's probably adding to his depression. You're saying it's not, uh, it's in remission, but I mean, at the same time, it's the first place the cancer attacked your dick, man. That's some important oh. pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to clarify that's I was, I just meant that it wasn't, it didn't contribute to him thinking he oh, I, had any reason to be fault. worried financially. My fault. Yes. Yeah. As far as depression, like, yeah, for sure. That'd bum you out. It was like anything would bum you out. Any, like any part of you. I mean, I guess, except your leg. Cause we can eat that. Yummy. Okay. So Kim pushed hard for David's case to be retried so that a jury could determine whether his prescription drugs were the trigger behind what he did. So she first announced publicly that she wanted him out of prison in 2012, which again is fucking insane to me. I, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit how much I love someone. You kill my kids, you're dead to me. Fuck off. Yeah, and especially like in such a violent and crazy manner, like it's in your house. It's all blood all over everything. Like, ugh, yeah, it, it's it's traumatic. It's It's not like he smothered them in the middle of the night and like, he stabbed him 14 times like that's got to be i don't know man she must wholeheartedly waited sorry until i left yeah you waited until i left yeah for sure no you're getting it you're getting it yeah totally (laughs) this kind of brings me back to the whole chris watts case you remember oh yeah yeah that that fucking guy yeah no I'd like to stick him in a fucking oil drum. Yeah, right? Like, everybody's so, like, on board to hate this fucking guy. But fucking David did the exact same shit here. And, like, there's, like, a whole fucking website dedicated to, like, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Uh, Chris Watts tried to hide it. This guy here called 911 right away. So uh, Chris Watts is a bigger Mm -hmm. piece of trash than uh, this guy. I forget his name already, but... uh, David Crespi. Yeah, Chris Watts tried to get away with it. You know, this guy here was like, I'm mm-hmm. fucked. And he's getting fan mail and yeah, shit. Like, I there's mean, women out there that want to bang him. This guy thinks that he can go to jail and then it get passed away. Like, not his fault. Like, yeah, I feel like that's shady. Like, more shady. Yeah. Like, at least Chris Watts knew he had to, like, hide it afterwards. Like, like, what is this guy and his wife doing? Like, you think that it's just, oh, it's just, I don't know. I'm just kind of... Yep. <laughs> No, it's, yeah. it's no, I see what you're saying for sure. It's a good point. And like, I don't think that she's complicit or anything like that. But I mean, uh, if with her to be so supportive, it's it's a little suspicious. Like it's not. Oh, it drives me insane. Yeah. 
Like how? I mean, how is she not being questioned? You know, yeah. you left. Yeah, um, it's weird. You seem to have left at the perfect <laughs> time. Why would you leave when you know he's in it so bad? He's off work for a week. Why would you leave to go get a haircut? Yeah. And not take your daughters with or you. Or like call your parents to come help him out. Five-year-olds the are end. a lot of work. Two five-year-olds are even more work. I don't care if they have a cold. I can't tell you how many times I danced around a salon while my mom was getting her hair done, you oh. know, just because my, I mean, my dad was around. He wasn't an absent father, but he worked, you know, so yeah. you can't just leave a kid alone. Why, you know, so why would you leave it with an unguided adult? Yeah. And, and maybe, and honestly, I shouldn't, she's a victim too. Like her kids fucking died and I'm not trying to blame her for what he did, but I mean, it doesn't, if they would have said, if she would have been like all for him to get out and then the cops would have been, Hey, maybe we should look into it. I would have supported that decision, but maybe they know more stuff than I do. And, and hindsight's 50, 50. We all fucking, uh, maybe she was like, he's, he's been good today. And then she went, I don't know, but it just seems a lot of the, Oh, the guilt. Yeah, that's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard to, yeah. But then, like, I don't know. I feel like the guilt would be eating her up so bad that she wouldn't be fight. She wouldn't have the fight in her for her husband. Yeah. No, See, for sure. The other thing too is that they had three children, or they had three other children, and one of them had like reached adulthood oh. unscathed. So I mean, he has been like a non-murdery father in the past. <laughs> All of her other kids lived past the age of five. So I mean. There's reasonable expectation there that all of the kids will live past the age of five. For sure. But and so she she's oh, sort of put her pin <laughs> in the in the medication. Yeah. You guys are so mature. Grow did up. The, did the <laughs> did the kids did the kid the other kids, the three older ones, do they support him being is this a thing that's coming up later? Like, do they think that or is it just a wife? It's that's, just a wife, really. And then the other three kind of fuck my dad i guess he's a dickhead uh-huh yeah. which is mm-hmm. i feel like that's, that's what i feel like saying. that's the normal reaction to that the yeah. white it's weird to think that she's so devoted to this guy that she would take that in stride it, it's i don't i don't understand how could you possibly I, want to sleep next to the man who killed your kids again how could you possibly yeah. want that yeah it, i mean you did yeah, maybe she's a genius maybe she wants him out of prison so that she can kill him Oh, 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 this is this is a wicked, wicked movie. I would do that. Know? I could totally see myself doing that. Get him out of prison. Get him out. I'll fight for you. And then the day he's released, I'm fucking turning him into chum and feeding him to the sharks, buddy. Oh, you cut off his yeah. you cut off whatever's left of his cancer ridden testicles, you know, <laughs> and just because, you know, he does, he was important. Those were important to him. You know, it's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to cut off one ball for each kid of mine you killed. Yeah. Yeah. And then fry him up and feed him to you. Yeah. Like I'm German and you asked yeah. for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to feed him to you while you're hanging upside down. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I like that theory. We're going to go with that. Yeah. That's, with that's, that's the, uh, it's the most fun. It's the least depressing. So I'm down with it too. <laughs> good for you, Kim. It's the most fun. <laughs> 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 Okay, so Kim went ahead and she enlisted the help of Canadian murderer David Carmichael to strengthen her argument. So in 2004, which was the same year that that report about SSRIs causing homicidal behavior, by the way, David, the killer dad beta version, killed his 11-year-old son while experiencing drug-induced psychosis from antidepressants. 
So they were in a hotel room in London when he began experiencing delusions that allegedly led him to poison and strangle his son, Ian. Now, possibly because this was Canadian, he was deemed not criminally responsible for his crimes, and he was a free man in 2009. So prior to this, both men were described as loving fathers with no history of violent people a violent behavior before the events occurred, but then they suddenly snapped one day shortly after being introduced to a new medication. Hard for me to even wrap my mind around any of this, like how a pill could make you go. It's hard for me to just, I have kids. I love my kids to death and I can't even imagine a pill or something mind altering enough to make me want to even do anything remotely harmful to them. Never mind 14 stab wounds on both of them or whatever it's hard for me to imagine it and and that's the thing i'm not a doctor and i don't understand pharmaceuticals or maybe like fun har- uh, pharmaceuticals i understand a bit but i mean i don't understand like ones that are supposed to help you you know i don't so i it's hard it's just hard to wrap my brain around that mm-hmm. yeah it's weird yeah like i'm getting a headache from their fucking excuses <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um In 2018, in fact, their numbers grew. On May 20th, 2018, Roger Self was having lunch with his family when he suddenly stood up, left the restaurant, and drove his vehicle into the crowded building in an attempt to kill several members of his family that were dining inside. And he also had a long history of depression and anxiety and had recently started a new antidepressant medication because he was having difficulty coping with a blossoming internet porn addiction and midlife adultery. And in fact, he was actually only sentenced last month in April of 2021 to more than 50 years in prison, which again, this is an American case. So it seems like only the Canadian guy is getting off scot-free here. Like, yeah, if- we like our incarceration rates. <sighs> if, if, if I'm doing uh, cocaine, let's say, or some crazy chemical drug, uh, I don't fucking know chemical drugs, but if I'm doing something like that and I go like murder someone because I get into a psychosis, uh, they're going to get me. They're going to ask me who my fucking drug dealer is. And then they're going to try and go get them. But when it's a pharmaceutical thing and they put a warning label that this might cause that they just go, no one's criminally responsible. Do better. I don't, I don't understand how did the pharmaceutical companies get any type of in shit for any of this? Like, no, nah, they got money. Part of Kim's campaign was for pharmaceutical companies to be required to put much larger, clearer warnings about worst case scenario side effects. So make that one page list, two pages. Thank two you. pages with double the size font. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Something like that. They just want to turn pill bottles into cigarette packs. I guess. Just like pictures of fucking murdered children on the fucking label there. No. <laughs> <laughs> we oh finally God. got one. <laughs> we broke How come you up? guys never get that? How come I'm the only one who ever gets no's? How come it's only me? <laughs> well, Celeste, I have a secret for you. <laughs> I don't want to know. I have a glass jaw for criticism. <laughs> You're the one talking. That's why. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's a little bit short here, but that was actually the last update on this case that I could find. Kim hasn't posted on the family blog since 2016, when David released a letter from prison stating that he's continuing to live with his actions, 
it's the medication's fault. I miss my daughters. My cell is covered in pictures of them and all my cellmates come over to jerk off and I don't know why. He didn't actually say that. I'm just making assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. And you ask why he knows. I don't think covering the, the pill bottles in any more warnings is going to make it any different. Yeah. I think medication like this people need to be monitored you cannot just give someone an antidepressant and say here you go all fixed take this you'll be great you need to be monitored on medication like this like i'm not saying like every every day or whatever but you need to at least be taking that type of medication in conjunction with also doing like Tally was saying, talk therapy, you know, going to see a psychologist, seeing a psychiatrist, all of those things. And because it's the type of medication that needs to be changed at times. And it's not like you just, you know, you need insulin for diabetes. So you take insulin, you know, there, there are actually like hundreds of different types of insulin you can take because a body needs a different type of insulin. And it's exactly the same with medications that affect the brain you need to be monitored and you need to have changes every now and then i just i i hate i hate 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 the way these medications are handled i hate it they're just handed out and you know people are given this stuff and just told to go on their merry way and not given any any follow-up or any feedback or any help and i i and the importance of taking it every day, yeah. like you said, like if you're going to stop, if you decide that this medication isn't working for you, you need to consult your doctor and then make that plan yes. because it's not like you can just stop taking it because then that's when the psychotic breaks happen. Absolutely. Guys, it's like, I mean, you get physically ill. Yep. Yeah. It's like physical illness. Yeah. Along with a lot of like, you know, just like mental fog a lot, you know, that was a lot of like what I was experiencing. Like, I was like, what fucking day is it? I don't know what's going on anymore. I don't even know you. I imagine, I imagine prescribing someone this stuff is uh, like very trial and error at first, or maybe not trial and error, yeah. maybe that's not the word, but no, yes, no, yes, that is exactly what it, it is. is. So, it's a lot of questioning. And, and combined with, with the way we live as in a society where we live, like, uh, you got to have a job, you got to be able to pay your stuff. And it's really hard to just like trial and error, go back to the doctor all the time, just, just life-wise. Right. So there's gotta yeah, be a lot yep. of changes in that regard when it comes to mental illness, in my opinion, with like being more flexible with these people that do have mental illnesses. So they can go uh, and feel comfortable doing it, going to a doctor mm -hmm. and getting uh, your prescription changed because sometimes people feel like this is good enough. It, yeah. I'm sure maybe I'm, I'm like a little bit more agitated, but I'm less depressed than I was before. So that's fine. I can live with it. Right. Sure. And that's not, yeah. uh, that's, that's probably not the best way to go about it. Uh, we, and it's, it's hard because we need to make money, man. And who wants a guy that's going to be gone three days uh, a month because they got to go try and change their new pills and shit. It's hard to be a person who has a job, an employee who's like that. And it's hard to be yes. a person to go actually just talk to the doctor right? It's hard to have all of that. Yeah. Well, it's also even harder when you're like David and you know, you, 
you fucking lie through your teeth that's the other thing from day yeah. one about what's even wrong with you in the first place yeah. like i mean yeah. oh. yes the doctors and the pharmaceutical companies are certainly to blame somewhat but i think the vast majority of the problems are the patients they lie they don't follow doctor's orders they they lie about possible um interactions between drugs they're already taking or saying they yeah. don't smoke because they're embarrassed that they oh. smoke mm -hmm. but guess what your new antidepressant is going to give you a fucking stroke if you smoke yeah. with it and they yeah. didn't tell the doctor that like mm -hmm. and it's just the patients just not taking it seriously and trying to skirt their way around into an easy answer that yeah. you just you're taking risks that you don't need to that you don't need to be taking. And with him, it's different, right? Because it's like, yes, there's, if you tell your therapist that you're fantasizing about murdering your family, yes, there's going to be consequences for that. Yeah, they no. are, if they think you're actually a risk, they're required to report you. Mm -hmm. But but then so is killing your kids. Exactly. Your kids and so that's the problem, right? At that point, fine, you can't own up to what you're experiencing to your therapist. Why are you going? If you weren't going in the first place, you wouldn't be on any medication. And maybe this never would have happened. And maybe yeah. if you weren't on any medication, you would have hurt yourself instead of them. But good, at least you're dead and not them, fucker. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and, and stigma, the social stigma, like I was saying the last time we talked about uh, mental illness, it's you, it's so hard to even want to be honest with your doctor. Like I, f I feel bad in a way for this guy. Uh, it, not that he killed his kids. Don't get me wrong, but just to be able to get yourself to a therapist and be able to tell them everything in an honest way is really hard. I just being honest with mm -hmm. your, my partner could be hard. Like I, I, me and my wife have been together for a long time. So it's not, but I mean, I, I remember at first, unless you build a rapport with someone, you're going to hide stuff and you're going to, yeah. It's just unfortunate that two little kids had to die because of that stupidity, right? Like, fuck. It's awful. Yeah. I'm actually like a, a fortunate American because I actually have pretty decent yeah. health care uh, through my employer. <clears throat> so, you know, going to the doctor isn't hard for me. But I mean, could you imagine your medical bills if it was just out of pocket mm -hmm. just from trying to get the right level of medication? Sure, yeah. I mean, that's for crazy. Sure. Yeah, we're super lucky here in Australia. Like oh, most of that stuff is is subsidized by our Medicare. And um, we also, you can go to your GP and get set up with a mental health plan and you get um, free sessions with a, psych with a psychologist before um, you have mm -hmm. to actually start paying. And then if you do have private health mm -hmm. insurance on top of that, you you can get um, psychologist fees covered pretty much all of it. So we're super lucky here. We do have, I mean, everything can be improved and we definitely, I think everywhere needs to um, have a heavier focus on people's mental health. But in Australia, we're very, very lucky that we have the system that we do because it does make it a little bit easier to reach out and actually get help. And insurance like flips the switch on it too. Like what's, ha what's happening is when you're going to the doctor, you are initially interviewing someone that you're going to hire yes. to care, you know, cause you're paying them to provide the care. Yeah. So why, sh you know, I think a lot of people are like, okay, I saw one doctor. So this is the person I'm just going to keep going to mm -hmm. because it's like creatures of habit, but shop for your doctors. Yes. You go ahead and yeah. shop for them mm -hmm. because they need, you need to make sure that you're comfortable with who you're talking to. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're not figure, you know, 
don't be afraid to be like, I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to come back yeah. because I don't feel comfortable with yeah. you. Uh, the way that we do it up here, with which comes back to having problems with being honest in the first place, is you have access to free group therapy. That is always available to you regardless of your situation. But if you want free personal therapy or covered personal therapy, you have to first go to a doctor and prove that it is medically necessary for you to get it. And so you have to be honest first with the doctor that you see in order to be able to then go to see a psychologist. And I took advantage once of the free group therapy. And I, fucking Christ, one of the (laughs) girls in the group therapy She had an eating disorder. She was in recovery from an eating disorder, a very severe one. And our therapist sat there the entire fucking session drinking from a coffee mug that said, I'd rather be skinny. (gasps) And I fucking ripped into her when the session was over, man. I can't fucking tell you how pissed I was. The counselor? Yeah, the therapist. coffee cup? I was furious. Oh my gosh. Talk about Ouch. triggering, I know. Mean, like, why? It, you know better to like, why. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so fucking irresponsible. And exactly, Tally, what you're saying, shop for your, you know, I could have just sat there and said nothing and been like, well, it's free. Who am I to complain? Who am I to ask for someone else's time? No. Mm-hmm. No. Well, you guys are fortunate nope. that you can shop. Honestly, I live in a part of the world where I have yeah. one yeah. dog. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's one guy, and yeah. uh, that's what you get. That's who you get, and that's you better. And it's America too, so like I'm one of the few. Yeah, yeah, yeah for <laughs> yeah. sure. That can do that. For sure, and we have three thousand people. That's why it's rare for an American to say that. You know, <laughs> like I can shop for doctors because my employer said so. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? It's not up to me. I don't make the rules. Poor old Richard's yeah. living out there with Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. I, I, I fucking wish. I got Dr. She does everything from ingrown toenails to delivering babies. Yeah. She does it all, guys. She's amazing. If you have a baby, where I'm from, if you have a baby, you have to drive an hour to the next hospital over where they deliver babies. You can't even get a baby. Wow. So. No. Uh, so, like, really keep the knees together when you're watching. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No. The, do not breathe what are they How called many... the brax hickston um <laughs> braxton, uh, the... H- braxton, hicks. braxton hicks yes man that was fucking god you imagine you go you drive an hour and they're like yeah, yeah. it's just false labor and you're like i think the fuck not you'd reach up like your own fucking vagina and break your yeah. water and be like fucking yeah. sign me in there. asshole i've been checking her dilation just twiddling <laughs> yeah or worse it's just gas I'd stay in a hotel like near the hospital. I'd be like, yeah. nah, fuck yeah. this. I'm not driving back. <laughs> I'm going to stay here till the baby's yeah. born. Exactly. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. sit down and I'm not moving. Yeah. <laughs> Do with me what you will. I'm not moving. <laughs> I would start like crawling through the hallways to try to <laughs> induce labor. I have no idea what works. Okay. Just sit there flicking your nipples. Nipple yeah. stimulation can induce labor. Just what? Yep. <laughs> it's coming it's coming. oh my god is that true yeah it works it's, oh yeah, that's not yeah, true it does it's, it no. stimulates labor no yeah, it does because what after you uh, also after you have the baby the after you have the baby when you're breastfeeding it the stimulation helps to shrink the uterus back to the normal size so <laughs> i'm serious yep it, well i got a food baby maybe i can get rid of this gut <laughs> Uh, how did we get here i don't know but wow 
when my wife had her first one, I, I do stand up, Jen. I don't know if you know this, but I used to, I was yeah. writing jokes about inducing labor. <laughs> And a hundred years ago or whatever, however amount of time ago, they used to tie the woman to a, like a giant pole, like, a, uh-huh. and like put her up and like lift her up and like shake, try and shake the baby out. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? And that's where we learn not to shake exactly. the baby. Like give me your lunch money type yeah, stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? That's so good. Uh, no. <laughs> Okay, uh-uh. here's something that I have to say about this uh, that I was thinking about. I think as humans, and maybe I'm going a little bit too deep with this, and you can tell me to shut the fuck up. But I think as humans, we understand too little of our world that's around us, of everything that we use. And that goes uh, like with electricity. How the fuck does electricity work? Do you guys know? I kind of know, but it's because I looked into it. But as a kid, you're not taught like it's stored uh, electrons in a place and how does it move from area to area and how do we collect it and how do we store it? None of that's understood by oh, us. Oh, you just flip a switch. Exactly. It's just that's magic, right? right? <laughs> and I think that's yeah. the, I think we're the same with the medical stuff. There's only a certain few people that actually understand the pharmaceuticals and stuff, how it's actually working. And as a layman or as a, as a patient, we don't understand enough of what we're actually taking. And I think people should take their mental health into their own hands a lot of the time and understand what medications they're being prescribed and understand why they're taking it and how it's actually helping and benefiting them before they start popping the pills. I don't think enough of us do that kind of stuff, understand what's around us in our world, and especially something you're going to consume. I I feel like that's something maybe we should actually look into. Like, if you ever look at the labels on the sides of your food, like what the hydrocarbon clobinikes, like what the fuck is that? (laughs) Yum. You know what I mean? Like, we do that all the time and we're, we're all terrible for it. And I think that should be a part of our education as a kid is to like, maybe understand what you're putting in your body before you put it in your body or understand what you're doing before mm-hmm. you do it. Uh, I have a really good tip for that, actually. Okay. Your doctor is a generalist. Yeah. Don't talk to him about shit. Get your yeah. prescription from him. You sit down and you talk to your pharmacist. Uh, yes. You have a good long talk with your pharmacist. They know everything. Yeah. They've seen it all and they are just fucking wells of knowledge mm-hmm. and they're amazing shout out to pharmacists seriously yeah, you guys amazing. are fucking heroes yeah for sure. i love talking to our pharmacist on the ward like if i want information on a medication that i'm about to give my patient i will much i always go to her before i'd go to a doctor because the doctor's just like oh yeah it does this but the pharmacist will be like, it does this because it does this to the body and it does this to the body and it puts this in the body and this is what's going to happen if you give them too much or too little, blah, blah, blah. It's, yeah, it's really good. I love our pharmacist. She's incredible. Yeah, people give shit to pharmacists because they're like, what do you do? Just put pills in a bottle? Like, fuck no. Pharmacists mm. are smart ass people. That's a hard. They have to know exactly what every one of those pills does. Mm-hmm. And interact with the side it. effects. Yep. yep. Yeah. Well, now because of COVID, I think there's even options that you can just go to your pharmacist and they can prescribe you pills because they know so much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the coolest shit because I don't even go to a doctor before. Like, I just walk up to my pharmacist and say, hey, Mm -hmm. can you help me? (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of people in the medical field that are so much better to talk to than your doctor. Um, uh, What are they called? Nurse practitioners? Yes. Are fucking amazing. Yeah. Yep. They're awesome. They know fucking everything your doctor is going to know. Yep. And they have like way more hands on experience just because of the way that the education to get there works. Mm-hmm. And they know you as a nurse knows you as an actual human being versus a doctor that sees you for a minute. As a number. 
you know, unless you're there for surgery or something, you're just kind of there for a few minutes and you see them every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Doctors get 15 minutes per patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Minnesota, at least. Yeah. It's funny. What's crazy? A nurse practitioner comes on our ward and you can see the doctors panic because they know that they're that they're about to get schooled because this the nurse practitioner is just so much smarter than them because they've yep. some of them have had you know this one a nurse practitioner I know she was a nurse for like 25 years before she became a nurse practitioner so some of these doctors that she's dealing with they've been you know they've been out of school for like a year and they mm-hmm. know nothing technicians too man you yeah. want to talk about like your scans and stuff? Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what? They're not supposed to, but the door is closed. You yeah. want to talk to them? You say that you just, you just say, you know, my doctor's kind of an ass and he doesn't really explain things to me really well. Your technician's going to be like, that's okay, honey. Let me, let's mm-hmm. talk about it. Let's, I'm going to help you. I'm here for yeah. you. I care about you. Like they're just, it, doctors get so much hype. And I'm lucky. My family doctor, I've seen him since I was really little. He took on Jack. Like he's a really great guy. I love him. He's awesome. So by Basically, we've just figured out that doctors are not necessary. <laughs> yep. I, I, let's not go there. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is the rope of the narcissistic career choices. Yeah. yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I love my doctors. I love the doctors on our ward. My, I have a wonderful GP. So <laughs> doctors are very necessary. Well, I used to like specifically, go, I used to specifically go to nurse practitioners, but then I found a private practice guy that I like. So. No, doctors don't know everything. And that's, that's the problems with doctors though. They think they know everything. And that's the difference between, I would say like a doctor and a nurse practitioner where, uh, especially in the example you gave Christy, where it was 25 year experienced nurse. Yeah probably doesn't even think she knows everything versus the doctor that just got out of uh, med school while knowing lots and doctors are very smart, still doesn't have the practical knowledge that a fucking someone who's actually worked a floor does. Right. Yeah. So I think nurses know a lot more than doctors too. Most of the time, like that scene on that 70s show when uh, it's bring your kid to work day and Eric goes with his mom, Kitty. And the doctor's like, why didn't you give Mr. So-and-so this pill? And she's like, well, because he takes this pill and if he takes this pill too, he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and then Eric behind her goes, well, when I go to the hospital, I know I like to not die. <laughs> Love that show. So it's like he just got schooled twice. Yeah. <laughs> We're all necessary mm-hmm. in the, in the medical field. We all work together. We all, it's like a, you know, one, one cog helps the other one turn. So I, I definitely think doctors wouldn't be able to do their job without us nurses. And we, um, you know, we need them, obviously. All right. So uh, that was educational. What's, what's the conclusion, guys? <laughs> this I guy, think we're all on the same page on this one, too. He can pretty much go fuck himself and it's all his yeah. fault. Yeah, yeah pretty I'm, much. I, I will I say if, if he had just had a bad therapist and he had told the truth right from the beginning that he was having these thoughts... I wouldn't blame him. I would say, you know what? He tried, he was working. He, he yes. didn't want this to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he did lie right off the bat about it, all of this, all, none of this would have happened if he just told yeah. the truth. Yeah. It didn't need to happen at all. Also in the Carmichael case that you were talking about, he did say that like, after that all happened he like came out of psychosis after like two weeks later 
Mm. He waited 22 minutes and then called the cops and said, I didn't like my kids. So, I mean, like, yeah, there's differences between yeah. getting let yeah. off and still being in jail, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. Organization. I don't know if you listened to our Ruth Finley episode yet, but she was, you know, having these breaks from reality. But she also was really organized, which makes it really hard to follow the whole I wasn't in control yeah. theory. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I put it this way. I feel the worst out of this whole case. I feel the worst for the wife because a she's like, like she's still supporting this guy when probably she's she, gonna kill him. I yes, you're right. So <laughs> I don't feel bad for her. I hope he gets out so the wife can do that. That's perfect. So she, I'm down with that. All oh, that's good. Good. I like that. That's theory. what I would. Yeah. Yeah. We we will go. We'll sign your petition, Kim. We will absolutely <laughs> help you get him released. Whatever you need to kill him we've got you yeah. we'll be there too 100 <laughs> percent. we'll live stream it for you oh, if you wait, want whatever you want <laughs> so when he was like pretending to jump off the bridge was this before he had kids was this the bk days i don't think so because he mentioned in one of his interviews that the reason that he never tried to kill himself again was because his wife asked him not to okay which means that his wife like Ah, again she knew she right. knew he was in like such bad shape and she left the too bad she didn't specifically ask him not to kill specific two, ki- that's two what children she should have done that's what oh. i was gonna say why didn't you just tell him not to kill the whole family duh yeah he's <laughs> <laughs> not kill everybody but yeah this that's the man take your what the conclusion for me is like take your mental health seriously and try and get uh help with it if you can don't fucking lie and just please for the love of god help yourself and help everyone around you because you never know what kind of catastrophic event may happen because you just decided it was too embarrassing to tell them that you don't like it when your nuts get cancer or whatever (laughs) hey guys thanks so much for listening Head on over to our Facebook and Instagram to join in on the conversations about all things unethical. Just search Unethical Podcast. You can also find us on Patreon, where you can get access to all of our super awesome content, uncut videos of our discussions, and early release of all the episodes. We are adding fun stuff all the time, so you should definitely come and check it out. Thanks again. We appreciate all of you. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Baby, I got your money. Hey.